Hello and welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. We bring you interviews from people who have conquered the trickiest of health challenges using the functional diagnostic nutrition philosophy and similar healing modalities. You're going to hear from experts who have been through the ringer with their health issues and yet managed to come out on the other side. If you're interested in natural healing and or functional medicine, congrats, you are in the right place. You can always visit us at functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com. But for now, here is today's episode. Hey, what is going on, my friends? And welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. My name is Evan Transu, a.k.a. Detective Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. You can always find us, by the way, at fdntraining.com. That is fdntraining.com. Today, what we are doing is actually taking an Instagram Live audio that we have and putting it on here as the podcast because I wanted to make sure our audience here got this as well. I do apologize in advance because my... My audio is not, it's not the worst thing in the world, but it almost sounds like I'm calling in from a phone. Uh, Our guest, Haley, who's talking most of the time, her audio is pretty perfect, so nothing to worry about there. I tried to get my computer to record it in the background, and I thought it was, but I looked afterwards, and apparently it was not. So, unfortunately, that audio is not as good as it could be, but again, it's really not a huge deal. I'm not the one doing the majority of the talking. What's also cool today is we're focusing solely on business. So, Haley does have her own health challenges that she struggled with. It's what led her into the world of actually coaching other health coaches to do the business side of things. And I'll tell you this, um, this woman knows her stuff. In the world of business coaching, and I don't know if I'm if I have a tainted perspective on this because I'm a relatively young person who who sees a lot of pseudo business coaches out there, uh, but there's a lot of BS. There's a lot of people that got very lucky or really have not accomplished much of anything. Maybe they made $100,000 one year and then are coaching other people on how to do that, even though they couldn't keep it. They only did it one time, right? And I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just being realistic. I see this literally all the time. The difference with Haley is there are certain people that when they talk, you can tell that they know what they're talking about. They couldn't really fake some of those things. And Haley's one of those people. I enjoyed this conversation so much. We're going to talk about things from marketing to sales to do you need the perfect website to get started to what are some of the biggest challenges that people face when they are starting a health coaching business or starting off as a brand new FDN practitioner. We cover pretty much all of those topics and more. Without further ado, let us get to today's episode. So thank you if you're watching the replay. We're talking about business today. If you are just tuning in, excited to have you guys. All right. Oh, cool. And see, you are an Instagram pro because you joined right away. So thank you so much. Hey, Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. It's nice to get to uh, virtually meet you here. And again, thank you for hopping on with us. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm going to make sure my computer is recording in the background here as well. All right, awesome. So again, guys, if you're just tuning in, today's a little different than what we normally do on the Instagram live side of things for FDN. We're going to be talking a lot more about business stuff because Haley is a business coach specifically for our friends in the health coaching industry. And if you are listening on the Health Detective podcast, um, you guys already know we kind of incorporate some business stuff on here sometimes. Mostly it is health stuff, but we know that you guys uh, all need some help with this. It seems that most of the people that listen, they either are practitioners, Haley, or they're becoming FDNs, becoming some type of practitioner. So uh, we got a lot of people for you to talk to today between the Instagram Live and the 
uh, podcast itself. So I want to jump right into it. I like when people do that on Instagram Live, and I looked at your page, and I noticed you did that, which I, I very much respect. So I encourage you guys to go shoot her a follow. But um, I want to know, how did you get into the coaching for health coaches? Because I know, I don't mean that in a generic way. I mean that, like, did you have health challenges before? Because I find some people kind of get into this space, even if it's the business coaching side, uh, for very specific reasons. So uh, let's talk about that first, if we can. Yeah, I've always had an interest in wellness and holistic health. And I got into it because I knew I liked business. I knew I liked wellness. I didn't know how I wanted my passions to come together. And so I did what probably a lot of people on this live have done, which is I got a bunch of certifications <laughs> just to see what I liked and to figure out what I want to do. And I ended up getting my bachelor's in entrepreneurship and then worked in the business development marketing world for wellness startups. And I loved that because it combined both interests <laughs> and work on the business side, but I also, my whole mission is by helping them with their business, they're making the world a healthier place. And so in 2017, I went off on my own um, because in the startup world, as you know, it's very stressful. There's a lot going on. And one of the startups that I worked for because it was a wellness company, they were facing delays and getting certain things approved and blah, blah, blah. And so the entire company got let go in one day. And my biggest regret at that time, which is why everybody on this live is very smart, um, was kind of putting my coaching completely on the back burner during that time. Um, and so I got back into it starting from scratch in 2017 and um, wanted to work with wellness professionals, wanted to continue working with that niche mm -hmm. and have been doing cool. Very cool. Um, so just to be clear then, it's not like you haven't gone through some crazy health challenge or anything oh, like that. You just have this side passion I, for the health side. I have okay. actually. I really struggled with acne. Um, sorry, I should have clarified that. I struggled with acne and I struggled with some gut health issues because I was on antibiotics a lot when I was a kid. I got throat okay. like every month and I kept taking antibiotics and then I didn't know better in my teens to not take antibiotics for your skin, but that's what happened. And so... I had to go on my own journey, really, and um, that has been a process, but doing so much better now, so. Awesome. Well, okay, you and I, because I know that we don't know each other in that sense, we actually relate a lot. I mean, that's one of the, I have many things that were going on, but one of the biggest motivating factors to get into the more holistic side of things uh, was, I mean, literally one of the worst cases of cystic acne that you've probably ever seen. I mean, it was, it was pretty damn bad. And yeah, that was the thing I remember specifically asking my dermatologist when I was a kid, I was like probably 15 or 16 for antibiotics because I had went on it for a sinus infection from my family doctor. And I said, oh, my acne seemed to get a little bit better. And so they would just give those things out like candy 10, 15 years ago to anyone that, you know, needed them or needed them, quote unquote. So it's, it's kind of crazy, but all right, that makes a little more sense because I feel like even if someone's on the business side, there is usually something that brought them specifically into this kind of world of a more natural things. So that's very interesting. And that'll, that'll definitely resonate and relate with our practitioners because they've all been through their own thing. So when you are getting into the world of business, um, what are some things to like watch out for? What are some things that you wish you knew? Because this is what we seem to have here, Haley. There are people that every now and then it's not honestly the norm, but there are people every now and then that come into the world of FDN where, yeah, they're born entrepreneurs, right? They were doing the lemonade stands. They were selling things at school. They were doing everything like that. And then they just so happen to also be interested in health or have a story and they combine those two things. More often what happens is this, the person has a health challenge, a severe one usually, and the Western medicine model by itself is not working for them. So they go seek out alternative meats. 
It changes their life, saves their life in certain cases. They're like, wow, well, I'd rather go help people and do this than do the other job I was doing before. So now they want to go into the world of entrepreneurship, but they're like, wait a second, I've never opened a lemonade stand. You know, I've never had an entrepreneurial bone in my body. And we 100% believe here that anyone can figure this out. So uh, what, what can we do to even start with people like that who you know, might not have any experience? Do you work with people like that? Or are they typically people who have more experience? Yeah, I work with people who either are just wrapping up their certification or got their certification and then realize it's harder than I thought to start a business or people who've had a little bit of a little bit of success, but it's not at the consistency that they'd like. And so a lot of things happen, I think, when you start a business or you just graduate your certification um, and a lot of things I wish I knew, too. So one of them is you think that you're going to put up this website and people are going to come to you. Are you going to like tell some friends and family and all of a sudden you're just going to be fully booked. And the truth is you have to have a couple components in place to really be growing your business and you have to decide which, you know, specific plan you want to have for each of these things. And that is you need to have new, you know, people coming into you, finding you, connecting with new people regularly, whether that's online or locally. You have to have a way to nurture them and show them the value you provide and what makes you stand out. And then you have to have a process to convert them into a client. And obviously not everybody makes it to that stage. That's why it's called like a funnel. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you've got to have something like that in place. And then what you're delivering. So your program delivery and having that figured out and then client retention. So those components a lot of people don't know that structure. Like they're just kind of all over the place. They're, they're like, okay, I guess I should set up a website. I guess I should probably just post on social media, but it's not strategic. It's not like there's a real plan in place. And it's very easy to get overwhelmed too. And this is a whole nother thing you have to learn is how to manage yourself and your mindset and, uh, you know, having a business when you're new to that. Because if anybody here has had a corporate job or something, you're usually told, here's your responsibilities, your KPIs, here's, you know, what we expect of you. Now that's all on you telling you what to do. <laughs> so you got to, oh, wow. I have to be my own marketer and affiliate for my program. I have to be my program creator. I have to be the coach. I have to be all these things, unless you're going to hire all that out, which you probably shouldn't do if you're brand new, you got to learn the basics on those things. So number one, you need to, first of all, become really good at managing your time and like time batching and being open to taking a guess at what your next step is and doing it and not knowing yet what the outcome is going to be. Uh, and then the second thing is don't just get a fancy website. I highly recommend first getting clear on your message, getting proof of concept, meaning working with a couple clients. Um, and then once you're clearer on your message and your what copy converts, meaning what had had those people sign up, then you could go and turn that into a fancier website. To start, you, you could have a PDF, you could have a simple landing page, and I help my clients like work around that when they're first starting. But, um, and then the last thing I would say is, you're, you're, oh, this is a huge mistake I see, is focusing on the features and focusing on very generic messaging instead of the results that you provide. And having confidence that when you work with clients and patients or however you guys refer to them, um, that you can help them achieve those results if they're putting in the 
you. Um, so, so I see a lot of people shying away from like, they're just saying, improve your health in their messaging, like feel better, you know, and that doesn't stand out anymore. It doesn't grab people's attention. Um, and also if you're, you know, worried about, well, I'm afraid to say get better sleep because I don't know if they will, or like, I'm afraid to say X, Y, Z. Well, you have to obviously in your marketing message, you have to obviously um, be able to tailor your program when you're working with a client. But the truth is with the skills that you learn in this program, FDN, you, you can, you know, help them with stuff like that. So of course there's legal things you need to pay attention to. And I have like a lawyer in my guest program who talks about like things you can and can't say, but um, I think people need to be more focused on what are the results of what you do? Like what's the, so what of being healthy and having healthy habits and sleeping through the night and all that stuff in their life or in their career or in their family or like what's that and focus on that that destination instead of as alex hermosi says the plane ticket focus on the destination instead of the plane ticket sure i i love that you brought up this idea of like actually the the funnel and the concept of all these different moving parts i think i could be wrong here but i think what throws a lot of people off is they might know at least one or two people that have done business. Maybe it's an older person in their family or just an older style of business where they've gotten away with not doing those things. Uh, for example, my, one of my best friends, he's actually an investor in a business that we have. He owns a dog training business and his dog training business. So he's only 27 years old. It's not like he's some old guy, but dog training is something that a lot of people need and you can kind of get away with just working your butt off and great customer service. So this guy has only been doing this business for three years. He has over 10 employees. They're doing over $600,000 every single year. He's making a substantial amount net for himself. He just bought a $900,000 property for this. So by no metric is he doing bad. And yet they don't even have an email marketing campaign when new leads come in. So you ask him, well, how the heck did you grow your business? It's been as simple for them, Haley, as in our like local Facebook groups where we live, they just constantly comment when people ask for dog training. So this is something that I think people really need to understand is there are people out there in that dog training world that already have a problem and they know what the problem is. And a lot of people have it and they're actively seeking the solution. I think some of the times with the, the things that we're dealing with as health coaches, professionals, whatever we want to call ourselves, um, the more specific that you get, especially with the disease, yes, that's great. Have that niche. That's awesome. But you have to understand that people aren't just going into a, a Doylestown, I live in Doylestown, Pennsylvania, a Doylestown Facebook group and talking about, okay, hey, who can help me with my Hashimoto's? There is someone asking for dog training, Haley, every day, multiple times a day. That's not happening with the Hashimoto's thing. So we got to be a little more specific, I think to really grab these people's attention in today's super busy world. Um, and you might need more steps than that. So with all of those things that you listed, I'm really curious about what your opinion is on this. Between the marketing, the sales, delivering a good product, the website, obviously it's a little overwhelming to do all of those at once. And you even said we don't have to. What do you think is like the most important out of those that people are, are missing? Are they terrible on the phone? Is the marketing trash? Like what's the one piece that they're really missing out? Yeah. So I love the dog example. And I actually want to reverse engineer that because he is doing a system, whether he realizes it or not. Um, and this system is something that whatever marketing platform you choose, a lot of people are missing, like conceptually seeing that this, the process they're going through. And if you know this, you can now then look at each part and we can see how you could improve it. So I call it my four basics of client attraction. And it is connect, engage, pre-offer, and sell. 
So connecting, what that means is what's going to be your one or two ways to find your ideal clients and start with the lowest hanging fruit. This is another thing people are missing. They think like, oh my gosh, I'm starting this business. I got to start posting all the time and like being on social media and having all this. No, you can start with just like, who is the lowest hanging fruit locally who you could maybe collaborate with like that? Or could you go to a and net, sign up for a women's networking group or something. So you got to decide what's your way you're going to connect with new people. Then you're going to engage. So that's how are you going to ask an intentional question or uh, are they going to engage with you in the dog guy's case? Everybody's reaching out to him, which is perfect. Um, but engaging with an intentional question to see if they need help with anything, to see what they want to see, to see how you can help them. Then you go into the pre-offer stage, which is like, okay, now that I understand you a little bit better, what you're looking for, here's something free of value that's going to provide a quick win up front, that's going to build some trust. And what that could be like a free guide, that could be a free call, that could be um, some, you know, some kind of checklist, <laughs> and or webinar, and then it can be the sales phase, where you can say, Okay, do you want to go deeper on this, because they've gotten value out of your pre offer, and they know you a little better, and you give a call to action in your pre offer, usually. So essentially, that's what a lot of businesses are missing is that they don't, they don't have all the, they don't, they're not doing those things. Um, or they don't, they're not connecting with people. They're just nurturing people. So like they're just posting on Instagram, for example, but they're not, they have five followers who are their family members and nobody knew was discovering that. <laughs> right. Or, or in the sale, as you said, like there is, and I'll, you know, maybe give you one answer of where to start in a second. But the point, like sometimes when it comes to the sales phase, people are afraid to make that invite to a discovery call or they don't know how to word it. Like they just word it as like, hey, do you want to hop on a free call? But there's no clarity about why would we be doing that? Like what's going on? So um, I think for everybody here, though, who's watching and wants a place to start, I think a good place to start would be what is it that you like, first of all, who do you want to serve the most? And what solution, if you could provide any solution you want to provide, and what could a offer look like for you? So I think that's important first, because you can't, once you start doing the marketing side of things, you want to know what you're talking about, or what you're going to be selling. Okay. Um, starting point. I find it really interesting that you chose that, because I, I didn't, I obviously don't know what you're going to say. But I was kind of curious, because for myself, I've always used FDN for different things. I have taken plenty of clients over the years, but I've always been doing something else, whether it's speaking stuff for FDN, whatever it might be. So I'm not running a full-time practice is my point. Mm -hmm. And I have never once ever had a website that was dedicated towards health coaching or anything of the, of the sort. I have never had any official marketing kind of stuff for that. Um, I've never taken any sales courses per se, I, although I would consider myself, that's probably one of my more natural strengths compared to those other things. So that's the point though. I've still had clients and some of those clients have paid thousands and thousands of dollars. Now, what I did have was my story and I knew who I wanted to help, right? So when I would share these things or talk to people or, or go somewhere locally, I'm not, again, I'm not saying this is the best plan. I'm just saying this worked to some degree, even without all those other things, exactly what you just said. Like I knew what my story was. I knew who I wanted to help with the things that I dealt with. So I shared my stories about acne, mental health, and the other things that I went through. And sure enough, the, the people would come, right? Amazingly too, I think so many people worry about the, the certifications sometimes or, or degrees or whatever. 
It has been five and a half years. I'm a relatively young guy. Most of the time I had a shaved face and shaved head, so I looked even younger. And only two people ever really have asked me about my certification. And the reason they were asking is because they were fascinated by it, not to challenge me on my credentials. So I think also the better that you get at talking to a very specific type of person, all of a sudden they don't care about all the other stuff that people are constantly paranoid about. They're like, wow, that person can help me. I don't care how they're going to do it. I'm just interested in that. So I find it cool that that's what you pick first is like figure out who the heck you're talking to rather than the fancy website, rather than all that other stuff. It is important. It will help you. Uh, but it's not, it, it, you can really miss the mark and have the best website in the world because, and not have, the right information on there for who you're helping and then no one cares about your fancy website right yeah people care about your story how can you help me let's always ask what's in it for them and i've a same situation here i've had i don't think anybody's ever asked my certifications i have them i just uh, like literally i the actually when i did work at a gym i did do some um training and fitness teaching and mm -hmm. lots of stuff at a school um or college, and I liked that, but I did have certifications for that, obviously, because you're working in a place. But if you're having your own business, I haven't seen it. So I think so often we focus, we put emphasis on the wrong things. And that's another point I would share is don't major in the minors. Like I had a client who came to me and she was at about like 4K in her business because she was focusing on things that just weren't super important. and through our work together and she got refocused on like those four basics we talked about in her own style. Um, and she grew to like 72 K last end of the year, right around there. So that's like, it's really important not to overthink every step of the way, just, and I'm sure this happened for you too, where you picked a message initially and maybe it has evolved over time or maybe you've made edits to it. So you don't need to be perfect to start, but you do need to pick something and like go for it and not just dwell and like, well, is this the right thing? Or like, am I leaving other people out or all that kind of stuff? Absolutely. And it, you know, it also depends on the season of life that you're in, like, or where you're at with that particular business. I know so many people that are getting into the health coaching thing and they're looking to replace the job that they have very quickly. Right. Whereas the business that my friend and I just opened, it's a light therapy studio. We do red light therapy and stuff. First of all, I've never heard of a light therapy studio. So we already know that we're opening a business that does not even technically exist. So that's going to be troublesome as it is. But we started out in the beginning because thank God we're not relying on it for income. We're like, okay, we help you improve your mood, um, it, you know, have better skin or something. I forget what the heck we even said, right? But we just wanted to see kind of what would stick. So we got a little specific, but we were definitely more broad than anyone would recommend I'm a health coach to be or, or most businesses to be. And then we learned over time and we're like, okay, go figure. Many people are coming in for the skin side of things, right? So now we're doing a whole revamp with funnels and the website and stuff like that to actually niche down into the skin side. So we learned from it because we had time. Um, if you don't have time, I think the more specific that you can be, the better. And like you said, there's no reason it can't evolve or change over time. Um, I think this is the thing that really gets people and, and correct me if I'm wrong. Let's say I start, I want to go full-time at the end tomorrow. The first thing I would do is probably start talking about the acne stuff. I think that's the easy win for me. So I would be very specific into that. But that doesn't mean that occasionally I can't take someone who's coming to me for mental health or gut issues, right? We're just talking about the marketing so that I'm speaking to someone. I think people get it misconstrued that, oh, if just because I work with acne means I can never work with anyone else, especially in FDN, we don't treat anything specifically. This is a, a business tactic. It's not something that, oh, the FDN system only works for acne or mental health now. It, no, it's supposed to be 
nonspecific. So do you coach people like that? Do you allow them to take, or not allow, but tell them to take people outside of their niche if they come to them, or do they just focus in on the niche? Yeah, I do think in the beginning of your business, if you want to customize, if you have private, if you're doing private coaching, I think it's great to customize based on the person. I think that in your, as you just said, in your forward messaging, you can be specific about a certain kind of person and problem you solve. But I have, I always told my clients locally, if you wanted to like do a different messaging for a specific project or work with a client who has a different issue, totally cool. Like it's up to you. And I think for me also, like I work with health and wellness professionals, but I've also worked with life coaches. I've also worked with mindset coaches. I've also worked with realtors. Mm -hmm. I've also with other types of service providers. So just because I say that, you know, my niche is blank, that doesn't mean that other people don't come to me or I don't take other opportunities. Sometimes I do. It just depends, you know, and obviously if you have a cost, if you have a program that's a little more like maybe it's a course or maybe it's something like that, maybe it's less customizable. And so you'll have to say, no, like this is specifically for blank, but um, I have no issue with customizing or taking on clients outside of your niche. Cool. I, I know it seems so simple, but I'm sure you see this literally every day. I have been shocked by how many people think that because I'm niching down in the marketing, that means all of a sudden I'm no longer allowed to take clients anywhere else. That, that's ridiculous. As we niche down with the red light therapy into more of a skin thing, am I going to stop the people who come in for pain management? Oh, that, that's ridiculous. Of course not. That's just an extra bonus now, right? Because they came in on their own accord. They did research. They know that red light therapy does that. I don't have to spend any money educating them on it or doing any marketing towards them. They found us for that, and now it's a bonus client. Um, but I think people forget that if you try to talk to everyone, you end up talking to no one because the internet's super busy. We're scrolling mindlessly. We have no idea. Like we're just scrolling for fun more or less. Right. So if you're trying to actually get someone's attention, you better be pretty specific about the problem. And I will tell you this, when I was suffering with the worst of my acne, terrible feeling awful every single day, if I saw something on my YouTube feed or Instagram or Facebook, that had something about cystic acne, yeah, you're getting me to stop the lull of scrolling for a second, right? Versus if you just say, I helped you get to the root cause of your health issues, scroll, I'm, I'm gonna keep going right away, right? So by the way, people, you guys are more than welcome to ask questions. I did see that we had some comments overall. I'll, I'll hit those up real quick just to make sure we're not ignoring them. Uh, someone said, I went from owning my own practice and clinic and health promoting restaurant and now moving it all online. That's the challenge. Um, yeah, definitely sounds like a bit of a challenge, but I'm sure you will figure it out. I don't think we have any other um, specific questions. I haven't invited people to do that yet anyway. So while we're waiting for that, if they have any, um, what I'm curious about is we, I know we wanted to talk today about maybe recovering the cost of the program because FDN to me is a very good and very simple math problem. You know, I think it's something this, I, I've been here for five and a half years, so I'm a little biased, but I, I know it's something that people can recover quickly. So I'm curious from like uh, someone who actually, she does business coaching, like their perspective, how would you break this down? Let's say I sign up for FDN. Let's say I do, um, I, I do the 12 month payment plan. So I'm probably paying like six, $700 a month. I could do as low as 24 and pay three, $400 a month. But let's humor me. Let's say I did a 12 month one. So how does that go? I graduate in six to seven months. How can I recover that cost of the program as quick as possible? Yeah. Well, one thing I think is important to start with when you start a business is to remember that it's not, I'm waiting to get my ROI back. Like, I had a post about this a while ago. It's I'm going to go create my return on investment. Mm -hmm. 
So the good news, and especially if you believe in coaching, where we are empowered and we get to, you know, create our health and create our life and improve ourselves. Like, I really believe that if you go in with that mindset, you're going to be resourceful and you are going to figure it out and you are going to make your investment back. So I think that's the first thing. But number two, I think it's important to um, decide on what we call like your offers okay your offer ladder or whatever right which is most people when they're starting out i highly recommend starting with private coaching just because number one it gives you experience very quickly number two you can uh, charge more because it's more personalized number three you're going to get um be able to really be hands-on with this client and first testimonials your, your client win stories um, so I think it's really important to probably start with a higher ticket one-on-one -on -one coaching program or offer. And then you can later on have courses or have a group program or stuff like that. And I have clients who want to do that, or I have a client who has a membership and that's all cool. But I think it's going to be easier and faster to make your investment back if you're going to do just work with a couple of private clients. Um, so that said, I think that, um, if you're once you get that set up and your price figured out, I think a lot of people are afraid like, well, if I develop a six month program and it's X, you know, thousands of dollars, um, what if I miss out on all the other t opportunities? And my suggestion is make the offer for the main program if that's what the person really needs. And worst case, you could have like a one month jump start or you could have like a three month downsell or something like that. So I think that we get so nervous, just like with the niche thing where we're like, well, if I marry one niche, I'm stuck to it for the rest of my life. It's the same thing with programs. You can start with the main one you want to offer. That's the main price you want to offer it at. And if you, if somebody, you know, if you're willing to um, customize a one month jump start or something, if somebody needs that, you can, but I think that that's probably the best, fastest way to start making your investment back. And this is why I wanted to ask you if you believed, I won't even say my opinion first. Do you believe that some people are just not made for entrepreneurship? Or do you think that everyone can do this at some level uh, if they really choose to? And I want the honest answer for that because I don't know what your opinion is on that. Yeah. Some people are more naturally inclined. So they just naturally have skill sets that can help them. But everybody has to learn skill sets, no matter where you're starting from. I had to learn, you know, even though I like performing, like I grew up singing and stuff. So I wasn't shy, like going on camera or talking to people. I, I was used to that. But I had to learn a whole bunch of other skills I never thought I could have. And you can. So I think it really comes down to if you have an internal locus of control, <laughs> like if you think if you work on something or you're open to learning or you, you have that open mind, I think you can be an entrepreneur. If you think the world, everything happens to you, you have no control over any results you create, um, you think you are forever shy and you will never ever be able to open that up, then I think maybe you, you have to shift first to an open mind that you get to expand yourself based on what you do and what you think and how you feel and all of that and then you can become an entrepreneur so that's the first step that's really important yeah the reason i asked that is because when you were describing all those things i'm thinking like yes obviously some people might be 
more inclined towards having natural abilities and certain skills. We all know someone that could sell ice to an Eskimo. Um, we all know certain people that are so easily able to like empathize with others that that makes them phenomenal marketers, even without maybe formal training, right? So fine, fair enough. But that's the thing. No one, when someone says natural entrepreneur, quote unquote, no one is born naturally with all of those skills. So I think if anything, based on what you were saying before, the natural ability is really this openness and willingness to engage with constant change, a little bit of uncertainty, a little bit of insecurity. Like you're going to have to take some risks. And I've heard it said before that entrepreneurship is actually the ultimate personal development program because you know, the media loves this stuff. They love any, you know, scam artist that made it to the top because it makes for great news. It makes for an easy headline. And yes, unfortunately, guys, that does exist. That is not even close to the norm of business owners. I was very lucky at 18 to get involved with some uh, pretty amazing people that were adults that were willing to like mentor us because we were young. These people all read. They're all dedicated to personal development in all areas of their life. They're some of the most physically healthy that I know. They have some of the most, uh, I used to have some of the best relationships that I know, like intimate ones or long-term marriages. So how, what, what is the correlation there? Well, I think the correlation is that these people are willing to engage in personal development because yeah, none of us are going to be naturally good at all those skills. None of us really, most of us don't want to go out there and put ourselves on camera or do whatever. I hated public speaking. I dropped out of my college class two weeks in because I was so scared. So that didn't just change overnight where all of a sudden I said, oh yeah, no, actually all of a sudden I like this now. There, there was a genuine effort into that. And I think what tricks a lot of people is, Haley, they get confused that their job is safe, um, but then they don't remember that stories like the one that you mentioned in the beginning, right? People can get fired, people can get laid off. So um, it's, it's interesting because they're so scared of entrepreneurship thinking it's risky. I'm like, at some point though, if you're working a job, you work for an entrepreneur at some level. So how is it not just as risky to them? You know what I mean though? It's like everyone's taking a risk here. So you might as well uh, take a shot at doing something that you actually like. Um, I want to move, I don't know, sorry, I know I said a lot. So I don't know if you have comments on that, but if you do, great. And if not, I'd love to talk about some of your client testimonials. I'm not sure if you've had any FDNs work with you specifically, but if not, just the health coaches that you work with, that's fine too. It's similar enough, I'd say, um, pretty confidently, not arrogantly. I think FDN is a lot better than many health coach programs out there. So anything that you give a testimonial to, uh, potentially we can just do that even better, which is great. So uh, do you have any client success stories or want to add anything? Yeah. yeah. So I have worked with some FDN um, professionals and I will say they come in a lot really confident about their delivery and their coaching, which is half the battle. Cause sometimes people come not confident about their coaching skills and so then they got to work on that too and starting a business a ton. So it's like, that's just a lot. <laughs> um, but I will say I've had clients. So just to give you an example of somebody who is really starting from scratch, because I think a lot of people worry, like if I'm starting from scratch, am I really going to get very far? Um, who, you know, she didn't know what kind of niche she wanted to work with. She actually thought, I think I want to be like a YouTuber with my <laughs> coaching. And then she realized, well, I want to offer coaching too. So like she thought she wanted to monetize a YouTube channel and then she ended up wanting to have a one-on-one -on -one program. And so we developed that. We developed her standout method. Um, she was able to book her first high ticket clients and have her first 5K month. And then it went up to an 8K month. And then when she graduated, she had an 11K month. And that was somebody who was very new, who was a mom of a toddler. And, you know, she wanted to start this and be able to, gain the confidence to be an online business owner. And then I've had another client who was more burnt out, meaning she felt like she felt like she tried 
a ton of different things. She felt like she was spinning her wheels when it comes to marketing and sales. And she was able to, she was a little more um, established, meaning she um, already had kind of products and a program and stuff. And so we picked up where she was and she was able to have her first six figure year. Um, so it, it depends on the client, but I have a lot of client wins um, on my profile in the highlight section. There's a client win section and you can also go to um, HaleyRow.com slash training and there's a free training there with some testimonials as well uh, that talks about how to get clients and how my um, framework that I use to do that with clients. Um, someone posted or commented, excuse me, can you post this to watch later? Yes, all of our Instagram lives, uh, we will have it saved for you on this page. And the audio recording, so if you want to walk around with it, uh, will be on the Health Detective podcast sometime probably next week. I think I'm going to be able to get this out that quickly. So uh, you can listen to the audio there or you could rewatch it in literally 10 minutes after we get off because it will be posted. Is your typical client, Haley, someone who is trying to just break through to that six-figure mark or they are, are some of them higher than that? Like what, what's the average one? Yeah. So with um, my coaching, I do usually people who are trying to get to that for six figures. I've had clients who are at six figures and they want to scale or they want to outsource and um, they're usually private clients and I love that too. Um, but from the other, the other service that I do is called LinkedIn Lead Generation mm -hmm. and that is a done for you service. And so the clients I work with there, they're usually a little more established. They're at like, you know, at least 5k a month or more. Um, because at that point, they want to start outsourcing getting some of their time back. And so that service is something that helps them do that. But so it depends. But most of my clients, I would say are kind of like, not seeing consistent results, I'm really struggling with getting to that point. Okay. And I think um, the, the reason I was asking that is because one, the six figure thing, I think is such a mindset thing. It's it, there's a a lot of people talk about like the first 100K is like the hardest part. And I think with inflation and the economy changing, it might be a little different because what, what's kind of humbling for people is you get to six figures and you're like, holy crap, this is not that much anymore. Like you're, you're barely middle class, right? Like you're not living luxuriously by any means. Like I need to figure out something even more than that. So that should be, you know, the baseline that we're setting for ourselves. But again, this is where you can tell it's a personal development journey because in my eyes now, looking at something even like FDN, let alone, um, you know, people with multiple certifications and stuff like that. Six figures should be easy. I do not mean that in an insulting way. I'm just saying from the lens now, like it really should be easy. And so to me, it shows that something is wrong uh, up here with the way that they're thinking about this or approaching it, that they can't go out and do this. So the reason I asked what the goal was, um, I'm not, I, I know that you can't make claims. That's not what we're doing here. So that's my disclaimer. How long does it typically take? Uh, let's say I'm the person that was you know, coming in, I, maybe I've taken one or two clients on my own. I'm really not having a lot of success. I've made a few thousand dollars. Um, how realistic is it for me to get, or how long does it take for me to get to the six figure mark? Not how realistic, obviously it's possible, but is that something that's normally going to take me six months? Is it going to take me a year? Like, I, I don't care what the answer is too. We're not looking for perfection, but I just, I want people to have realistic expectations. Yeah. I think it takes as long as it takes you to line up with that. <laughs> like, okay. Had clients who um, have are working a full time job, have thirty minutes a day to work on their business, you know, have six kids. Like, so it depends on your priorities too. So that client who only has thirty minutes a day, it might take them a little bit longer. I've had clients though who have two hours a day and are a busy mom and do other things, and they still have been able to have their first five to ten k month. So 
that's totally possible. It's just about how you prioritize the time. And um, I would also say that it depends too on if what your approach is. So if you're, it, if you're picking to do, you know, if you're like, you know, I, I just really want to do uh, Pinterest or something. That's a, what we call a longer term platform. It takes longer to see success on it. If you're like, no, I'm cool with doing like the lowest hanging fruit first and doing some local marketing, then we can get your first clients more quickly. <laughs> so it depends on the approach. It depends on, you know, how much time we're working with um, and the prioritizing of that time. So it's not just about the time because you can be working smarter than maybe how you're currently doing it with researching everything and downloading free trainings and scrolling social media instead of actually using it for your business and all this stuff. So, um, but I would say my goal, my six month program is to really help my clients have the tools, have the sales skills, have the marketing skills to be able to know and, and book, you know, five to 10 K months and keep building on that. Cause once you have those skills, and as you said, like, that's the hardest part because you're making that jump to that new identity, then you keep scaling it it becomes more natural than like a new ceiling is the goal and you can get there yeah i don't i don't always think it's this simple but for me at the time it was appropriate you know people talk about having like goal cards and, and visualization i think all oh, that's great that's not what i'm saying but i just don't think it's as simple as what i'm about to say i had um a barrier in my head about a certain amount of money being made a month right it was over six figures but it wasn't quite like it was it was higher right but it just wasn't something that I thought should be totally impossible and I just could not get it. And all I did Haley was I had a little goal card. I, I was like, you know, I haven't done this in a while. I'm going to do this. And I wrote down that amount of money. I said, I am making this amount per month. And I'm not saying that the goal card necessarily did some woo woo black magic and all of a sudden brought that in. What I am suggesting though, is that you talked about, it. it's like almost like this belief, it's this reframing, it's th this idea that I am worth this or I can do this. And I, I believe what occurred for me, is that just having to look at that more often because it was in my wallet and I'd keep it in my pocket sometimes too. So every time my hand went in, I kind of, I had my hand on it. I'm thinking about that. There was a visualization that I associated and tied to that goal card. It took three months and yeah. that number got hit, even though I was trying for over a year to hit it prior to that. So whether maybe the goal card was symbolic for me being more intentional about it. And maybe I was being more intentional in other areas that I don't know. So I haven't figured that out yet, but there is an identity thing. Guys, People like Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk are not a thousand, ten thousand times smarter than you. They're not ten thousand times harder working than you. They don't have ten thousand uh, more minutes in the day. That's for sure. So there's got to be something else. There has to be something else that's the missing variable. And I think of it. A lot of it is that identity, and, and of course skills. But I mean, a lot of it's identity. Yeah. I say. So um, can I add yeah, something please. to that. So I actually, I'm so glad you brought that up because. Uh, my first six figure year, I did the same thing. I wrote every day present tense in my journal. I am at, you know, 100 K. And, um, that was the year that it happened. And the other thing is, um, going back to Jeff Bezos and stuff, you can't be waiting around and you don't have the luxury. If you're low on time, like to be overthinking and dwelling in self doubt and like doing all these things because Jeff Bezos, he makes he was interviewed and he said when i'm 40 percent sure about a decision i do it hmm. <laughs> just like what <laughs> but he success in your business loves speed and that doesn't mean you're going to do everything right but and obviously evaluate you know is this a calculated risk or is this me just being completely uh un unrealistic but um 
I think that was an important point to make because so often I see people just overthink the whole process and they could have been a lot further if they would have just taken the step and then built the confidence that comes as a result of taking yeah. that step. Yes, I, I just posted, um, it wasn't my video, but I posted a video about this yesterday. This guy, uh, he's called PBD, but it's Patrick Bet David. He's from Valuetainment. And he talked about the speed variable that you just talked about. That is, it was actually, the video is called like the number one uh, personality trait of high achievers. And it was that ability to make a quick decision. This is not to be confused with impulsivity. No, not, it's not the person that sees the discount shopping rack and all of a sudden their credit card gets racked up. No, that's impulsiveness. A, a quickness of decision is, okay, hey, we need to do this for the company boss person. What should we do? You got to be able, oh, no, we'll get to it next month. That doesn't work in entrepreneurship. You know, like you got to be able to make quick decisions. And what will happen is you're going to screw up some of the time. I'm guessing Jeff Bezos has screwed up many times, especially if he's operating at 40% of assuredness. But you learn from that and then you keep going. And again, I think that's why this, I'll keep coming back to it. It is a personal development journey because so many people, the reason that jobs work great for them is it's very black and white. You either did your job or you didn't do it. And then you get your paycheck and it keeps you very safe and very comfortable. But unfortunately, you won't be able to grow out of that. Now, I do things that I've worked this as a job, right? So I'm not condemning a job. But I think if we want to become the best versions of ourselves, uh, it is very wise to have something in our lives. Even if you happen to scroll upon this and you're not even in the health space, find something that you can do that requires some level of entrepreneurship because I think it'll help you grow more than um, most things. Now, Haley, uh, one thing I want to finish up with today, normally on this show, because I, I feel like this is kind of organically getting to where we wanted it to go. Uh, one thing that we would usually ask on the show is what would people do? Uh, what, pe what would people that we're interviewing get everyone else in the world to do for their health? But today we're talking about business. So if you could wave a magic wand and Haley can get every single business owner out there or you know, whether it's a health practitioner or any other business owner to do one thing for their dang business, what is the one thing that you'd get them to do? Okay, I want to answer both for business and health though. <laughs> uh, so for business, I would hope everybody here gets comfortable with emotional intelligence and building relationships. You have to be able to read the room. You have to be able to, you know, understand your clients and what they want and need. And you have to be able to build rapport and relationships. Relationships are key in business. People buy from people. We don't buy from, you know, we, we buy from people. So relationships. <laughs> the other thing though for health is um, go on walks, walking outside is the best thing I think I've ever done. <laughs> and I do fancy things too, like, you know, use the sauna and all that stuff, but uh, walks. Yes, awesome. And then, I mean, this is kind of obvious because clearly people can follow you on Instagram because they're using Instagram right now. Um, is there anything else that they need to know though in terms of where they can find you or uh, what you're up to? Because I feel like we talked about pretty well who you help and who you like to uh, support in their business. So I think we have all that covered, but I want to ask you directly to make sure we did touch on all of it. Thank you, yeah. yeah. I'm at Haley underscore Rowe. It's H-A-I-L-E-Y underscore R-O-W-E on Instagram. And then I have a free training at HaleyRowe.com slash training that talks about how to book clients consistently without needing to post all the time um, or needing a big audience. And that also goes over, you know, some of the client wins and stuff that we talked about. And then I'm at HaleyRowe.com. I have the Health Coach Nation podcast and Facebook group. So that would be where you could all find me. Cool. Guys, please go shoot Haley a follow. I went through her um, Instagram over the last couple of days and you're one of those people that's actually providing legitimate value and, and really putting an effort in. Um, and I think people sometimes underestimate that. They just 
Like you can learn a lot from someone's Instagram. So maybe you're not ready to make an investment in something like that. That's fine. Go learn something from her. Use that to make some money and then make the investment once you're ready. That seems pretty sensible to me. Um, if you guys like the interviews like this, where we bring on someone who's talking more about business, uh, please let us know. And we might just have Haley on in the future or someone similar that can maybe talk about a different specific thing. Uh, shoot us a DM. We have real humans that answer you guys. No chatbots in our world. Um, so thank you so much for tuning in. And Haley, thanks for sharing your expertise. It is beyond obvious that you know what you're talking about. So we appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. This was super fun. Cool.